0: Leap to another book, and more about that big leap in a moment. Second Thessalonians, chapter 3. Ready? As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored just as it was with you, and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. It's all right to say a variation of the old prayer uh, that the rabbi had in a fiddler on the roof when they ask the students ask the rabbi is there a prayer for the czar and the rabbi responds may the lord bless and keep the Tsar far from us it's all right to pray for uh, i think the common uh, most often used is hedge of protection being aware still that paul was prayed for and he was protected at great length but he also uh, did die at the hands of evil men so prayer is not magical it has value it has place it does a lot for us and i think god hears them and i think god answers prayer in a variety of ways but when you start looking upon it as magical then you have to explain stuff like why did it not work for this person or that person so we all say, right, this is what we, we go before the throne of God and we say, this is what we want. And God may have a different thing in mind. So it's all right to pray for it, but understand that the Bible does say that you, those of you who are faithful to the end, and talks about that in this life, you will have struggles. So again, Paul knows that. Paul's, Paul's experienced them already. And he's in for a bunch more, but that's kind of given away the game here in a bit. <clears throat> The lord is faithful he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one so you pray for me i pray for you we have confidence in the lord that you are doing and will continue to do the things we command well there aren't a lot of commands in first and second thessalonians and if you're thinking well in the rest of the new testament no rest of the new testament hadn't been written we got james first and second thessalonians and galatians That's all you got right now. So do we run to all of those? Well, no, those in Thessalonica uh, or Thessalonia. Again, there are two different ways of pronouncing the thing. Um, The the likelihood of them getting to read the book to the Galatians anytime soon is not high. It can happen, but it's not very high. The book of James, slightly better because James was circulated very heavily uh, among the Jewish people. And so, yeah. um, so what are the commands? Basically, verse 5, May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. Exactly what Galatians 9, Oh uh, no, sorry, Galatians 9, yes, if you read that, would you please give back to me? Galatians 6 uh, told us to do, and that is keep doing good and don't become weary in well-doing. Love, 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 keep it going, carry your burden, help carry the burdens of others. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers and sisters. Okay, well, here comes a command. Yes, even underlined and said in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you'd best be paying attention. To keep away from every believer who is idle and disruptive and does not live according to the teaching you received from us. Historians and theologians believe that a lot of the Thessalonians believed, as did Paul, that Jesus was coming back really, really soon and therefore had fallen idle. They were not repairing their homes or they were not going out to work. They were not laying aside because what's the point? Jesus is coming back. You know, I had some people way back in the Y2K thing more than two decades ago that were um, confidently running up their credit cards because they just knew all the bank records are going to be destroyed uh, the, the computer glitch is going to bring them all down on January. So we're just going to have a great spree, which is another way of saying we're going to rob the banks. Um, and of course the glitch didn't happen. There are very, very few media in, um, infused panics that ever result in anything real. And that was just another one. These people are thinking, well, Jesus is coming back. Well, then we'll sit to the side. No, there's work to be done. God's love and the perseverance of Christ. All right. So he goes on. You yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden To any of you there's a a great little book called leaders eat last I always think of Nehemiah and Nehemiah sadly is, is generally reserved for when churches want to do a building program they'll bring out Nehemiah completely missing the point of the book Nehemiah was a wealthy powerful individual and yet when he went back to build the walls of Jerusalem he and his men worked alongside everybody else Nehemiah did not take any money, but rather paid for his own staff, paid for his own food, paid for everything he did, and they were all in common together. This isn't a president frowning at a flood from a helicopter, and we all feel better because the president has all the feels for the people in the flood as he flies back to dry ground somewhere. Now, this is the leader wading in, and Paul's saying, listen, I didn't sit around saying, all right, guys, no, I went out in the fields with you. You know, I made tents, I dug ditches, whatever they're doing. We worked alongside you. We didn't. We didn't stay idle. You, you got it. You got to admire Paul there, really. I mean, how many ministers do we know of that do would do that when they go visit somebody? Now and again, you know, I've got a mirror. I can look at me too. I think most of them probably would, but we don't let them. We kind of, you know, no, you do this because you're a minister thing. I can remember once mowing the lawn of a church building, and one of our teens saw me and was appalled. And he said, I don't think that's the best use of your time. Well, I happen to agree with him because I don't like mowing, but it needed to be mown, And I'm a member of that body, so I'm here. You know, I've got a bit time. I can do that. That's just, Paul inspires me and Nehemiah really inspires me to work hard. Don't be afraid to work. And we did this not because we do not have the right to such help. And I appreciate him putting that in there. But in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule. The one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. Now this became... um, grabbed and installed as the Protestant work ethic. And that's the phrase, if you're going to do your homework and dig back through and see how it's used in history. The, um, several of the first attempts to establish colonies in what is now the United States failed uh, for the same reason that they failed in Barbados and they failed in Jamaica and they failed elsewhere. And that was that the very rich, high-class English gentleman came and expected to be picking gold up off the ground. And when that didn't happen, they, they didn't, we're, we're people, we're the, we are the royalty, we are the gentility, we're the gentlemen, we don't plant and plow, you know, we'll go hunting, because that was fun sport, but we don't, we don't, and so they starved to death. They failed. They were overrun by the people whose land they had laid on. I always love it. We discovered America. Well, a lot of folk already knew it was there. And in fact, they were living there. So um, this became this, if you don't work, you can't eat thing, which became a cruelty in a time of Queen Victoria. Uh, a lot of people longed for the Victorian age with this and that, and they watch the Victorian age dramas uh, acted out on television, the costume dramas. Queen Victoria, uh, was brutal, and during her rule, horrifically brutal. Uh, p- uh, people as young as twelve were sentenced to death for stealing a couple of loaves of bread, and they hung them. And this is um, this is not a a pleasant time. And this is when those Victorian hard lines were drawn about women are to be over there and are to act like this, and men are to be over here and we act like this and this is the behavior you must expect from us, and women, you are limited in all of this other, and children, what children? Uh, they're, they're meant to be seen infrequently and heard, never Shove them over there. It was just a very harsh time. And so, those that were mentally ill were stuck into boxes and cages of hospitals like Bethlehem in London um, because of the, the British accent of the time it was shortened and over time it became known as bedlam. And we still have that word for complete chaos. Because they would stick them in there and and the cultured upright people would pay a tuppence to walk in and laugh at all the mentally ill people. That was all of this is built into, and the beggars on the street, well, they, if they don't work, they don't eat. The little charity houses and such, oh, there's a great book. I wish it. I hadn't planned on talking about it. Um, I'll have to find out what the name of it is. You can probably find it on Amazon. It is actually about the lives of the women that were killed or most likely killed by Jack the Ripper. Everybody's always about Jack, Jack, Jack. But this person actually went back and discovered the lives of the women that were killed by either Jack or some other butcher. And you see this misuse this if they will not work don't let them eat and the way they were horribly treated the way that they were shoved into prostitution they had no choices children taken from them it was just terrible and it's all in the name of christian order the one who's unwilling to work does not refer to somebody who is ill who is old who is in need who has had their house washed off by a flood. No, we charity is what we do. Sharing is what we do. Giving is what we do. There are always going to be people who are going to give, give, give to me, give, give to me, and have no interest in ever giving back. I, I remember I'd only been back in America about a year, and one of the men of our church is on 100% disability, governments paying him, to do nothing because he was 100% disabled. And then I found out he helped his son with his son's business, roofing houses. And he was on the roof doing it. That's theft. And it's a sin. It didn't seem to bother him, uh, but it did bother me. Because that was a long time ago, I'm still talking about if you will not wo- work. Now, this is not just somebody who is waiting for a better job, let's say. Uh, they have a couple of degrees, and they've got a specialty, and the only jobs going are at the Waffle House or um, you know at to at, um, at mop floors at Walmart or something. By the way, a lot of jobs going hunting right now as I record this, because you know they're not the pay isn't what the benefits are, and and you can argue those points all you want to, but I have no interest in it really. It, it gets into politics and all the fields. and and uh, just gonna I understand if I'm a chemist and I'm I'm spending my time trying to get a job somewhere in the industry, that I might not want to spend 10 hours a day making waffles. I get that. I don't consider that a person being idle or unwilling to work. They're trying, right? Then he goes, we hear some among you are idle and disruptive and see, this is the point. They're not working and instead they're being disruptive. The word here is a division word, like heretic, heresy. doesn't mean they're teaching false doctrine. It just means you got nothing to do, that's a problem. You end up doing stuff you shouldn't do. Another Protestant phrase was the idle hands are the, are the devil's workshop. And, and they have a point. Um, in, the, in the Old Testament, there's a phrase in the Hebrew for taking a walk that always ends poorly when David took a walk and saw Bathsheba, for example, uh, the Hebrew people hearing the phrase, take a walk, already know that's not a standard walk. That's not Patrick deciding that at his age he should keep uh, moving, so he's gonna go around the block a few times walking. This isn't Patrick walking down a shopping center just to see what's for sale. No, this is the kind of, he's gonna see what opportunities get. And you end up, you know, trying cars to see if the keys are in them or back doors or you're peeking where you shouldn't be peeking, that kind of, or you're sitting around gossiping. And the most people today gossip online, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, idle and disruptive. They are not busy. They are busybodies, it says. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. And as for you, brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what's good. Very similar to the last bit of Galatians as well. Take note, special note, of anyone who does not obey our instruction in this letter, do not associate with them in order that they may feel ashamed. Yet do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as you would a fellow believer now um, most religions have something like an excommunication a disfellowship a shunning and i'm not sure that's what paul was going for here i think he was just saying all right you're working hard and you're getting food that guy's just wandering about and somehow still getting food don't join him you keep doing good you keep working i can remember my son was just a wee boy And we were very hungry and we popped into a fast food place. I think we were on a trip. And first of all, gotta go wash your hands. You use the restroom. And we were about to approach the sink. A man uh, stepped in front of us, was not rude. It was just, that's, you know, it was fine for him to take the sink first. He probably was there earlier. And I looked at his hands and they were just caked with dirt and creases and such. And he was working his hands. He looked over and he goes, oh, I'm sorry. And I said, sir, You're an honest man. You just stay there as long as you need to. And my son and I had a good talk later on about what it meant for this man to to work so hard that it took him quite a few tries at the sink to get clean, to eat some cheap fast food. And I said, what you just saw there was an honorable man and a good person. We talked also about the honorable women across the counter who looked so tired, but still worked. That's honorable. They should be treated with dignity. They should be treated with exactly as much respect as you would a surgeon because they're working and it matters that they're working. Now, if you're watching this and you can't work, none of this applies. This isn't about you. This is about those who could, but instead take that walk, creating more, even if it's just a walk across the keys of the keyboard, creating disruption. Now, may the Lord of peace give himself give you peace at all times and in every way the Lord be with all of you and again as we talked about at the end of Galatians I Paul write this greeting in my own hand which is the distinguishing mark in all my letters this is how I write there were false letters going out um, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all um, I've had fake Facebook accounts set up in my name with my picture and um, to shame and cause me trouble uh, by saying awful things. There, I think that's happened twice to me and maybe three times to my life. And on Twitter, probably a dozen times with the same two people. The um, call was coming in. First Corinthians. Now here's what you need to know. We're gonna take a little leap here. We're just gonna get this started. There's about a three year gap. Between First and Second Thessalonians and Galatians, and First Corinthians, there are a lot going on in Paul's life. He wrote those other books from Corinth, but he's going to write the books of Corinthians after he leaves. So these books were, when he was there, he was busy at Corinth, but he's also busy elsewhere in writing to them. When he leaves Corinth. Something goes very wrong at Corinth. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 is a very troubling chapter. No preacher wants to go to a church that is in uh, a 1 Corinthians chapter 1 uh, setting. We, we want something more peaceful and growing than this. But there are some great lessons to be learned in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. We're just going to crack it in a bit, um, maybe four or five minutes today, and we try to stay under 30 minutes on these classes he starts, Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes. We don't really know anything about Sosthenes. To the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, and called to be his holy people together with all those everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, there's, there there are riches to be had here. And sanctified is a very church word, and so some of you may not be very aware of what it means. The um, the Bible school definition everybody knows to respond is set apart. What does sanctified mean? Set apart. Okay, but what does that mean? Well, it means, for example, um, I have I have a shirt on, and most people call this a dress shirt. It's not all buttoned up with a tie, but you know it's it goes all the way down, but I don't wear this, but I'm changing oil in the car. This thing's set apart for something else. I do have clothes I have laid aside for the oil thing or for mowing the lawn. Those are set apart for that work. These are set apart for that work. Do you you see how that goes now? Who I am as a person is set apart for my wife. Uh, She gets first call on me and my loyalty is to her. It is also set apart to Jesus, and therefore he has first call on me. Since I'm set apart for them, there are some things I cannot do. I'm not gonna call a couple of women and go out for drinks at the pub and leaving my wife behind because no, I'm set apart for her. And I'm not gonna curse you. I'm not gonna slander you. I'm not gonna libel you. I'm not gonna set up face Twitter accounts on you because as an individual, I have been set apart by Jesus Christ. You have been too. You might think, oh, I'm not sure I have been. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? If so, you've been set apart. You don't have to feel it. You just have to accept it. Uh, It's always, have you ever heard a married couple and one of them looks at the other and goes something like, if you, you why did you really marry me? That's a really dumb question. Never ask that. Once the deal's done, let's just keep the deal. I look over at my pretty wife and sometimes I'm thinking she could have done a lot better but she's set apart for me I'm set apart for her we are we're, we're gonna be great we're gonna be fine and then he uh, he talks to you we, we've been called to be holy people and everybody out there that calls upon the name of the Lord we're, we're taking them you know, and all of those everywhere then verse 4 I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. So I'm so glad he saved you. I'm so glad he saved you. That's really important for what you're about to find out about these people. He's saying, even with all these problems, he's saying you're saved. And I'm really, really glad God gave you that grace. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge. In other words, you've gotten a lot of visiting preachers. You've gotten a lot of teaching. God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed he will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord what a great opening God's given you grace. You've been listening to some really great teachers. It's confirming what we're teaching about Jesus Christ. He has thrown spiritual gifts on you. You're in a really great position. And if the letter stopped there, it would have continued to be great, but it doesn't stop there. We're going to just do the first wee bet of this. All right. I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, please note. He said they're saved, set apart, and now he calls them brothers and sisters. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly united in mind and thought. Oh dear, that's been snatched out of context so many times. Mind and thought about what? Take a look at what he just had said and that bit, all right? About the unity, about being together. That's, that's it. Does it mean that they're all gonna believe the same thing about music or about who should be a leader in a church or whether we ought to buy a church building or no, no. God creates us as individuals. He doesn't do cookie cutter people. So what Paul's talking about is be united in your belief in Jesus Christ and in your dedication to living like Christ. And that flavor is going to look a little different, according to where and who you are, right? Okay. But you don't have to fight about the differences. Or think that the differences make you better or worse than anybody else. That's what happened. My brothers and sisters, some from Chloe's household, have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Cephas. Still another, I follow Christ. Is, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius. I'm going to stop here because I want you to think about what's what you're about to hear. All right? There were those already trying to pull rank. Well, I heard from, well, I heard from, you get this today. People will quote, well this minister says this. Well I listen to this minister who is much more well known and, and got better degrees and he said this and you know I follow you know following Christ is pretty hard. It means you gotta quit arguing about all the differences between people and just love them. It's a lot easier just to say, you know, I'm gonna be that guy's guy. I'm gonna follow that teacher and um, do that. No? It's harder just to follow Jesus. Now here's what I want you gonna be very hard you're gonna have to wait all right uh, and we'll have to do probably a who told you about that series on this one day when I was a boy I was taught that the Bible was delivered to us by God dictating it and holy men of God writing exactly what he said word for word and every single word therefore is inspired by God given to us by God no human element in it at all everything here and this is this is what we have from God and it was especially pushed in our tribe because the Holy Spirit didn't have that much to do in our religion um, because it was basically like 2,000 years ago he dropped a big black book down and said best of luck he, he went somewhere else and so there was no leading us into greater truth there was no guiding us through there's there was none of that so the Bible was the words of God and then I started and, and by the way they even said for example when Balaam's donkey, and I'm using the word donkey because they don't like me using the old word, uh, spoke to Balaam, that, that great old tale out of the Old Testament. I've had preachers in my tribe would go, now God didn't just give him the donkey an idea and let him put it in his own words. No, it was exactly the words that God gave the donkey. Well, that made a whole lot of sense when I was eight. Then I read the Bible. Would God have said this, start again, verse 14. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Yes, I also baptized the house of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't remember if I baptized anyone else. That's Paul. God didn't say that. Now, what does that mean? What that means is They can take a deep breath and allow the humanity of the writers to play a part in the books because it's there. If you look for it, Mark, which is really the sayings and sermons of Peter as a gospel, has Jesus getting upset, aggravated, frustrated, all those big emotional things that Peter walked around having. And those verbs are never used in the other gospels about Jesus because they they didn't have those and in fact the Gospels say that John was one of those that wanted to sit at the right hand of God in heaven in the book of John it was some person it's okay allow the humanity to swim through the scripture it makes it alive and it makes a person he finishes for Christ did not send me to baptize but to preach the gospel not with wisdom and eloquence lest the the cross of Christ be emptied of its power We're going to come back to that next week. Have a look at that again. God bless you and keep you. Just be busy loving each other and loving the people along your way. That's all. That's our job. Well, let everybody else do all the arguing and complaining. Nah, we're too busy. You know how hard it is to love people. We have to concentrate. May the grace of God be with you all.